Hello, I'm Andy Tattersall and I'm an information specialist at the School of Health and Related Research at the University of Sheffield. In this podcast, I'm going to talk to you about how you can deal with that modern day problem of information overload and uh, hopefully give you a few tips on how to kind of deal with that problem, especially when it comes down to the issue of trying to get things done. So in the academic world, it's very easy to get distracted by um, various uh, multitude of things from mobile phones to interruptions from other people while social media and email also create that constant stream of content that can take you away from your work so these are all part of a modern academic environment and uh, when you really need to write that paper or prepare those slides or finish that thesis chapter it can become quite problematic so over the course of this sort of like next few minutes, I'm going to give you a few ideas, tools and techniques to cut out the noise and distraction. I will also help you to focus on getting stuff done with a few useful tips to help you write more productively. Uh, There will be another podcast as well which will focus on writing productivity. So this does come with a bit of a disclaimer that there's no single kind of fix for this problem of information overload and distraction. There's no one size fits all, especially uh, of the digital kind. So it requires you to employ uh, a certain degree of willpower. And like any changes in your lifestyle, you know, working practices, um, you need to put some effort in. So if you do that, I guarantee you'll start to see positive results. So first of all, thinking about information overload and coming at it from a more organic approach and how we deal with it. And later on, I'll talk about how we deal with it from a technology approach. Um, As the American poet Theodore Dreefke once said, hopefully pronounced that right, R-O-E-T-H-K-E, once said, a mind too active is no mind at all. So at times we can feel incredibly overwhelmed by the information around us. And if you're in the process of trying to write, it can be very frustrating to feel that you're not getting anywhere due to complete, you know, competing demands on your attention. So you eventually end up with this state of continuous partial attention. And this is a theory developed by Linda Stone, that in, one, in our attempt to become more productive, we end up trying to multitask and we end up only skating the surface of our tasks. And it's something that we can all be guilty of. Even, even I have this problem at times. So if you're trying to write a PhD thesis or you're trying to complete a journal paper, you can make that task much harder by only giving it partial attention. Your PhD and your research deserves full attention. And the good news is that there are a few things you can do that will help you focus. First of all, you have to acknowledge that you are in this state of partial attention. And once you accept that, you can start to do something about it. And the first thing you can do is turn off your mobile phone. In fact, go one step further and leave it at home. Of course, not everyone can do that due to parental and other personal reasons that may have. Um, but if you can try uh, try and do it, you will notice you've, you've removed a major distraction in your working day. The next thing to do is look at your working environment. Um, and are there people who may distract you when you need to get that important task finished? First of all, The first thing you can do is put your headphones on and listen to some suitable music or tell your office colleagues or fellow students that you need to focus and you don't want disturbing and you'll find that they'll pretty much respect that. If you want to go a step further, explore the option of working somewhere else for that day, perhaps in your institution's library, even in a public library. 
Most universities have silent study spaces. Here at the University of Sheffield, we have these kind of spaces that you can go in and work in um, and know that you're going to be relatively undisturbed. First of all, take time to relax. So give yourself some time just to switch off and chill. And spend that time, um, you know, perhaps working through um, your ideas and, and um, just getting yourself prepared for writing. There's times when you're going to feel totally overwhelmed. And if you don't have a deadline looming, then perhaps you just need to just have a bit of time away. And, and just kind of settle your mind before you do get on, especially if you're writing something as, as huge as a PhD thesis. So there's times when actually watching Netflix for a few hours is probably what you need before you go back to writing. Of course, we don't recommend you do this all the time because you'll never get your work done. And there's a fine line between being strategic and just procrastinating. And there's more, more reasons and excuses to procrastinate these days. Also try to consider the option of meditation and pursuing mindful activities. Meditation is not as hard as you might imagine and just five minutes of focusing on your body and how you feel might just be enough to recharge yourself to tackle that research project. There are lots of resources out there that can help you and that can help you meditate and to chill. And I would suggest you start looking at something like Headspace or Calm or Buddyfy. So to keep pushing on and, and trying to write when you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed and tired is only going to increase your anxiety levels. So taking a little time out just to be still and quiet the mind can help your writing productivity and more important, your well-being, because that is your priority. We also know the benefits of exercise on our well-being. So possible, go take a walk, try and clear your mind, think through some problems, give your eyes a rest from the computer screen. You can also apply this to suitable meetings you may have by combining them with a walk. This may be with your PhD supervisor, with a colleague, or even a friend or family member. There's no need to sit in front of a computer screen when you can consider going for a short walk to discuss your work. First of all, it's carbon neutral. It's good for your health and fitness. And as for the weather, unless it's a force 10 gale and deep snow, the old adage can apply. There's no such thing as bad weather, only the wrong clothes. Now, looking at it from a technology point of view, so one of the biggest problems you have is trying to deal with information overload uh, from a technology point of view when we think about social media and email. There are technologies you can use to kind of deal with that, and that might seem a little bit ironic to use technology to deal with issues often caused by technology such as social media. And as the saying goes, you fight fire with fire, and sometimes you may need similar tools to do that to your phone, and that being technology. A great tool to structure in your day when you have lots of writing to do and when you want to block email and social media out is a tool called Forest. If you search for the word Forest app, you'll find it. And uh, Forest is an Android and Apple app that uh, works as well as a Chrome extension. And it works quite simply by blocking out any troublesome sites on Chrome and plants a tiny virtual little tree that grows for a set period of time. So you can start your morning by setting your forest to work for say 25 minutes and working on a single task. While you focus on your writing, a tiny little tree grows into a virtual tree and then uh, at that point uh, you, you can uh, move on and have a break and do repeat that again and again for, for as long as you need. Any point you want to stop the app, it will kill your tree and that is usually effective enough to keep you to task. 
The site also uses funds from sponsorship to donate to a real charity called Trees for the Future. And they plant real trees, so this is a good thing. You can pay to upgrade your tree to different species if you wanted to donate funds to this great course, cause. Uh, and another useful tool you can employ is Stay Focused, and the word focused has no E in it, uh, which is available on the Chrome Web Store. This also blocks out those troublesome websites that may distract you from carrying out your work. That could be Facebook, it could be email, it could be whatever you tell it. One of the biggest problems you face when trying to stay on track with a research project is um, you can find yourself going down a bit of a rabbit hole uh, of the internet with web links that take you further and further away from the actual goal of undertaking the research. You find an interesting page, you read it, there's a link to another page, so on and so forth. So each web link promises to take you to more interesting websites and articles for your research. So, rather than finding yourself going off track and opening yourself to more procrastination, consider parking that interesting article and saving it for later. Using a tool like Evernote or Pocket will save that article for your collection and will remove any intrusive hyperlinks and supplementary content. You can add these tools to your web browser and then um, you can create your own future reading lists that just require the click of a button and then you can read them at a more suitable time. Perhaps give yourself a quiet hour in a nice corner of the library to read the articles and use your time now to focus on your writing. You can also use tools like Scoopit and Wakelet to curate your interests and web links. So again, instead of going down these rabbit holes reading non-essential material that can be avoided if you save it for later. Um, finally, you, if you are truly struggling to stay on track and you want to get things done, you can always buy yourself a thing called Pavlock. And Pavlock is a habit-changing wrist device that you can buy on the internet that among other features will give you a little shock should you spend too much time on the likes of Facebook. But hopefully you won't need to go that far. Uh, just keep in mind how much you could get done and how happy you'd be if you didn't spend all day reading Donald Trump's tweets. So one option is to declutter your virtual and physical space is to get up and move from your desk to somewhere else. Sometimes that change of scenery, even if it's just for a single day, is enough to spur you on to get a project started or finished. If you have a lot of reading to do, take yourself off to a quiet area in your university library. Turn off your phone, leave your laptop and just focus on reading. If it works for you, find a space that offers a nice view of the outside world, preferably looking at nature. Don't, however, find somewhere that has a very busy view. If there's lots of people in activity, you may find yourself just people watching rather than getting on with the task in hand. If your task includes assessing students' work or undertaking peer review, again, take yourself away from your desk. Grab a nice drink, a pen and the work and go away from, from your desk if you will that distraction will come calling. If you assess students' work using Turnitin, then I would suggest you use the app as this is a really great way to leave student feedback. You can leave quick marks, use the rubric, leave audio feedback, which is always a good thing to do. And as I've mentioned in one of these, uh, in this podcast, if you have a meeting with your supervisor or colleagues, then you don't have to be in front of a computer screen necessarily. Go for a walking meeting. If that walking meeting takes you down a street and has lots of nice shops, resist temptation to go into them because that again is just procrastination and the whole point of this is to try and get away from that problem so let's talk about filtering out unnecessary noise 
I want to explore the importance of filters and intrusion blockers. Firstly, the one great thing you can do to prevent being distracted digitally is to turn off all non-essential notifications. This is especially the case with your phone, as they can be our biggest problem. If you use tools like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and email, you may have notifications turned on. Then there's a good chance your phone is going to be chirping away at you every few minutes. If you truly want to get things done at that particular time, then that is not sustainable. Every time you're interrupted by a tweet or Facebook update, you lose concentration on the task you're trying to complete. And despite the fact each little ping gives our brain a little dopamine hit, it does mean we get potentially create a cumulative anxiety effect as the knowledge we won't get our task finished on time starts to sink in. So try to check your devices periodically, then let them dictate when they interrupt you. Take back control of your technology. Experience will tell you that out of all those thousands of emails and social media updates we get every month, we rarely see something that truly urgently needs attending to. We can also apply filters to our ears if we carry out work. Lots of people listen to music and spoken word when they work, and that can be really useful. It can very much depend on your personality as to the kind of thing you may want to listen to, but some things very much depend on uh, being better than others. Uh, Dr. V uh, Victoria Williamson at the University of Sheffield is a leading authority on the effect of music on humans, and Dr. Williamson's advice is that the type of music we listen to has an effect on our energy and our attention. So don't pick music you don't know well and enjoy singing. Um, music with lyrics can sometimes impair your ability to focus, so pick something up-tempo, can help you with your work if you want to work at a faster rate, but there's no evidence as to whether one genre is better or worse than another, according to Dr. Williamson. Um, there's no evidence that heavy metal or jazz has a negative effect on your writing ability. It very much comes down to personal taste. I would add a note of caution for spoken word material, such as listening to comedy or a sporting podcast, as you will find yourself competing to listen to what is being said and what you are trying to do in your own writing task. You may find yourself in a state of continuous partial attention again. And I found, on some, uh, found that on some simpler, more automated tasks, such as emails, spoken word content is okay, as it becomes white noise. I might be listening to a cricket commentary, but I wouldn't be able to tell you the score or who is currently batting. The music can be used to support your mood at the time of writing, so if you are feeling anxious, you may want to listen to something more relaxing and soothing whilst you're, if you're in need of energy, you may need to listen to uh, more up-tempo music to actually spur you on with your writing. If you don't want to listen to music or spoken word, then there are plenty of ambient sound websites out there. You can listen to everything from a running stream to the sounds of a coffee house. And one of the best sites is Coffivity. I hopefully pronounced that right, but it's the word C-O-F-F-I-T-I-V-I-T-Y dot com. And that has a variety of background sounds, including a university campus cafe. So it's perfect. There are plenty of apps that you can use on your smartphones, so you can carry your ambient soundtrack around with you. Another option is to create a Spotify or iTunes playlist and curate the music that really helps you to focus. You could create multiple playlists to affect your mood and energy for that day. So finally, the last part of this podcast, I just want to talk about email and how you can be a master of your email. Um, so one of our biggest, arguably the biggest digital distraction is email. 
And the problem has got worse for many of us over the years. We're increasingly using it. We're increasingly receiving more and more emails. And our reliance on email has become quite problematic. The more emails you reply to, the more come back, and it creates this vicious cycle. So even though uh, there's very little you can do to prevent some emails coming into your inbox, you can at least filter out the non-essential ones before they arrive. You can easily cut down on digital distraction by unsubscribing to non-essential email lists. It just requires you to build up the habit. It really is very easy just to delete non-essential emails, but it would be much better and just more sustainable if you actually just unsubscribed from the actual source. It takes just as long to unsubscribe as it does to delete an email, and it's surprising how many mailing lists you'll find yourself on after a while. You can even set up instructions for your email client to, feel, uh, to filter out some of the messages rather than manually, manually delete them. Emails like uh, clients like Google Mail have really good options on how to manage your emails that will allow you to archive, delete them, forward them to another address. And there's plenty of tutorials on the web that can help you make better use of your email. The important thing is not to automate too much as you may end up missing out on some important emails as they accidentally get sent to an archive or even worse to the trash bin. Um, many of you uh, who will be listening to this will be aware of the idea of inbox zero and for many of you this is a really um, might seem like a bit of a pipe dream and, and for me it certainly can do at times. Uh, there however is a more manageable system of, of attending to your emails that is called Yesterbox. And this works on the premise that you answer all of your outstanding emails from the day before as the uh, first task the following morning. So you actually open up your inbox first thing in, on a Monday morning and you work through all the emails that came in since Friday. Then you shut down your email. You don't open it for the rest of the day. Tuesday morning, you open up email first thing, go through all of Monday's emails, respond, so on and so forth. So it's treated as a task, but it feels more manageable. Uh, and the more you do it, the better you'll you'll get at it. Um, so really, that's my suggestions on how to deal with digital uh, disruption and how to deal with information overload using more organic approaches or uh, technology-driven approaches. And there is another podcast which looks at the idea of trying to be more productive as a writer and focusing on some of the tips and techniques you can do that. So hopefully this has been useful to you. Um, my name is Andy Tattersall. You can find me at a.tattersall at sheffield.ac.uk or on Twitter at Andy underscore Tattersall. So hopefully that helped you and good luck with getting your things done.